0: Hello and welcome to episode number 28 of News of the Nerd, the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, comic books, and anything else remotely nerdy. And today we will be talking about Loki, series two, episodes one and two. I am Jason, and I am here with a variant of my brother slash co-host, Ben. Hello, variant of Ben. My name's not Ben. (laughs) It's Neb. (laughs) No, it's Dan.
1: <laughs> how are we? <coughs> don't I don't know what happened to my voice then, but how are we?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad we're finally getting to talk about this. So we we did mean to do, you know, an episode on Loki uh, episode one and then an episode on episode two. But then like something happened, my body got all distorted and I time slipped and, and now it's now and both episodes are out. So we're just going to have to combine them. We might have to time slip again, like, after next week. (laughs) Well, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. We'll uh, we'll do our best to keep them fairly regular and try and do an episode per episode. Give them lots of fibre. Give them lots of what? Fibre. To keep them regular. Right, okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, but before we talk about Loki, there are a couple of bits of news that I want to touch on. Uh, the first one, I think this was just after we recorded last episode, we were talking about how the writer's strike has now come to an end. Uh, well, last episode we were saying they were about to vote on whether to accept the deal, and we said that it was probably going to go through. They have now voted. That's gone through. Writer's strike officially over. Well done, all. Now we can get Hollywood back up and running? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, because... The actors? Because the actors... struck. Well, that's what we were saying, like, it's only a matter of time now. But now, it sounds like talks have broken down. Again. Between sag and the AMPTP. It's the AMPTP's fault, though, isn't it? Well... From what I can read. From, yeah, from what I understand. there are be being dicks. Um, well, it's, it sounds like AMPTP, who I will just call the studios for... Is the studios thought like there we go we've got a deal that the writers were happy with we will offer a very similar deal to the actors and everyone's happy and we can get back to work and the actors union were like now we're not accepting that so I think the studios feel like well the writers accepted this so what why why is it not good enough for you that's completely different that that's the understanding I have it might be completely wrong but. Yeah, I did just want to touch on that because we have been following these strikes uh, as have been ongoing. There's a difference between
1: using AI for writers and AI for actors. Yeah. A massive difference. There
0: is. There is a big difference there. I mean, obviously, we we don't know the details of what was offered. But blame Hollywood. Yeah. Always blame Hollywood. Yeah, I I think in, in most cases, I tend to side with the the strikers over the people they're striking against. Um, what about but when the nurses striked? The, then I was like, sided oh, with the nurses. no, no,
1: no, too far, too far.
0: <laughs> and when the doctors strike, I side with the doctors. They need to the get doctors. back to work. And when the train drivers strike, I side with the train drivers. No,
1: they all need to go back to work for less than minimum wage.
0: <laughs> because the, the rhetoric that always comes up is, uh, you know, take the, the train drivers, for example. People are like, but what about all the disruption it's going to cause? Like, okay, well, if they're that important that they can bring the country to a standstill, maybe let's pay them more. (laughs) If that's how important they are, let's pay them more. Yeah, so that's very quickly wanted to mention that. The other thing that I think is quite a big thing that uh, we, we do need to touch on is Daredevil Born Again. Daredevil Born Again was filming before the strikes, wasn't it? This is one of the it, things that was brought to a halt because of the strikes. Yeah. And it's it's being completely overhauled. It seems like they're not happy with it. They'd apparently filmed like about half of this series and it's an 18-episode series, so they had filmed a lot. They have yeah. sunk a lot of money into this. And it sounds like they're pretty much going back to the drawing board with it. Which is not a good sign.
1: Okay, or is it? Because they don't want to release something that's mediocre.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not a good sign with what they were working on.
1: No, but they might have gone right. This is not it. But now we know.
0: Yeah, what we need to do. Yeah, but like when I say when I say let's just cut the
1: let's cut the show in half.
0: And yeah, he's from think, the other half. I do feel like 18 episodes is too many, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's not what we get in the end. Um, I but- think beti- between 10 and 12 for shows,
1: because I've been feeling that a lot of these shows that come out like so
0: that rate episodes, it's too short. It needs just a little bit more. I don't know. I, I suppose it depends on the type of show. Because I feel like with She Hulk, when it had got that kind of sitcom vibe, that probably, yeah. could, and it was, there were half hour episodes. You could have got 20 episodes out of that, yeah. like, an, like an old season of Friends or something. Just put, put some filler episodes in. <laughs> yeah. Like it, that, that show, it didn't have to be all about the overarching story. Um, but, you know, a through line that can then be resolved with a finale. Uh, But yeah, when I say going back to the drawing board, I mean to the extent that the head writers are no longer involved and they are now seeking new writers for the show. It's not just we we need to change this round a bit. Who's directing? Well, I think it'll be different directors every episode. Uh, That's what Marvel have tended to do with their shows in the last couple of years. At first, like WandaVision, I think every episode had the same director. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think the same.
1: I was going to say, so the good shows had all the same, but then you mentioned Falcon and the Winter Soldier set up. No,
0: yeah. Um... That was not good. But I think this is all part of something I want to talk about with my third bit of news. I think this is all part of Marvel recognises that they have maybe lost touch with what people want. Yeah. I think to an extent, I think Marvel... Got complacent. Yeah, and Marvel got overconfident after Endgame. They got cocky. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so there's a new book that has just—I think it has just been released. It might have been released like today. Uh, and I'm—I'm going to order it. Actually, I want to uh, jump onto Amazon or go to you know one of my local booksellers. I don't know where where our local booksellers are, but I'm going to find one and I'm going to order this book. It is called MCU: The Reign of Marvel Studios, and it's basically. Who's uh, it by? Uh, so uh, I think it's got a few authors have worked together on it, but what one of them is Joanna Robinson, and she has recently been on a podcast called The Watch. Um, so I'd I'd read this news uh, elsewhere online a couple of days ago but the watch does happen to be a podcast that i've listened to a few episodes of anyway so i'm like right i'm gonna to listen to this one so in the writing of this book she has interviewed a lot of people close to the development of marvel projects and she's spoken to a lot of people who are insiders and in the know and so one of the hosts asked her like is Marvel aware of what's happening to its brand? Like, do do they know how they are now being perceived compared to pre-Endgame? And she said, yeah, they are aware of what is happening to their brand. The really interesting nugget that she dropped, she says, my understanding, having talked to some people, is that Quantumania really shook them. And I, I'm sure Secret Invasion shook them further but Quantumania really shook them because they felt like they had something good because they all internally thought everyone's going to love this. Like they were really confident by the sounds of it in Quantumania's success. And they thought they understood what people want. And then they put it out and people didn't like it. I think that's, that's made them think, Oh shit, we don't, we don't know what people want anymore. And, They were saying on the podcast, like, it's not the first thing that Marvel have put out that people haven't liked. And basically what Joanna was saying was that things they've put out in the past that people haven't liked, they've kind of had an idea before release, like, oh, this isn't isn't as good as it should be. Like, they knew with Falcon and Winter Soldier, this isn't up to the level it should be at but that's not what anyone thought with quantum They really thought they were going to have a massive hit on their hands. So I think maybe that, that thinking is what's made them reevaluate daredevil. And the, the episode, the podcast episode is really worth listening to. So it's called the watch. And it, generally they, they talk about TV uh, and films to an extent, but mostly TV. It's very American. They, I always kind of skip forward a bit of a beginning because they always, always start talking about some American sport of football or baseball or something or other. And I have to skip past. Some all football. That. Yeah. Some, some American sport, but like nobody else in the rest of the world plays. But yeah, like said, she, she was such an interesting interview that you should definitely go and listen to that after this, of course, don't, don't stop our podcast to go and listen to that. But After you've listened to this podcast, go and listen to that one. Um, And yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to buy that book because it sounds like she had some really interesting access to people uh, and she got to speak to a lot of people really close to the development of these films. One of the things that she was talking about, which I found really interesting, was, you know, how you say that like, Oh, Marvel always has a plan and Marvel always knows where it's going. She was like, it's, they d- not, it's, yeah. it's not like that. They, they are really good at making it look like they had planned it all along. Uh, but apparently Thanos was all Joss Whedon. He thought like, wouldn't it be cool if we just hinted at Thanos at the end of Avengers? And so he put it in there. And then that grew and grew and grew and became... And they were like, fuck it, let's just do Thanos. Yeah, then that became like Infinity War and Endgame because people were so hyped about it from seeing it at the end of Avengers. But that was just Joss Whedon's idea. That wasn't like the big Marvel's plan all along. So I thought that was a really interesting interesting nugget. Uh, She also said that her understanding of Secret Wars is that it is going to be a soft reboot of the marvel universe and it is very likely that former avengers will make an appearance so you know maybe iron man comes back maybe he's played by robert downey jr maybe he's not but chances are some presumed dead or you know some dead or gone avengers will come back in some form or another post secret wars there's going to be a soft reboot to the universe and We might have new actors playing Iron Man going forward and playing uh, T'Challa going forward. I actually have something on that, in a way.
1: So it's been reported that Marvel is finally developing a solo Hulk movie after, obviously, they gained the rights from Universal Pictures earlier this year. It was reported by a... It's a verified account on twitter my time to shine flow gives a lot of like um reports leaks everything like that yeah and they were talking to kevin feige um saying that he's saying that he always knew that chris evans rdj chris hemworth scarlett johansson and jeremy marina would all eventually leave as the mcu progressed marvel had a plan they're like, we know we're losing our varsity players. We know they're leaving. So they're seating in Paul Rudd, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, they put in Chadwick Boseman in a really prominent, important place to put Preen Last in. However, Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner is a bit of a different story. Kevin Feige was saying he's conscious of how the right the rights situation with Hulk always kept him as more of a supporting character rather than one of the mains with everything Marvel has set up in She-Hulk and Captain America, Brave New World.
0: um, There's definitely a plan in place for more Hulk and the MCU's future. I really hope so. But right now, I wouldn't take anything as written with the MCU, even the films that they've announced, because I I do think they're panicking. The Marvels now is, uh, according to boxofficepro.com, it is tracking for a... For like a 50 to 75 million dollar opening weekend, which is is just not up to the level. So, Captain Marvel got 153 million dollar opening, and that's and, that's with people hating Brie Larson. Yeah, like this, I it is uh, I don't know if it's going to be a flop. So, the domestic total uh prediction is 121 to 189 million which is less than the budget. Yeah, so that's domestic. So that's um, USA only. So if you t- worldwide, you could probably say it'd be double that. But considering that Captain Marvel broke a billion, yeah. for this not to make half a billion well, is... How often the predictions right, A though. big drop. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I hope it does well, and I hope it's great. I think one of the things it's got going for it is it's shorter run time. I do think people are fed up with watching like a two and a half to three hour Marvel film. I think it being an hour and a half might really help it, but we'll see. I'm still really looking forward to it. I think it looks great. I I think Iman Valani is great as uh, Ms. Marvel. I really like Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. I'm not so bothered about Monica Rambeau, but I'm not going to see it for her. I'm going to see it for the other two. And I'm going to see it because it's a Marvel film, let's be honest. Well, yeah, and I'm going to see it because we need to talk about it on this podcast. (laughs) That's the only reason we do anything anymore. I'd be going to see it anyway. Forced
1: into things. (laughs) I've got some more. Uh, I'll do my my Marvel kind of stuff first. Deadpool three. The release date will not be pushed back. When's When's it May third, 2024. So this is one that has been on pause due to the actors' strikes
0: but they're yeah. not pushing that day back we'll see because they might not have a choice so this this was Which, this was a few days ago uh, if it's if it's true what you said that the only recording session we've had is that one that we've seen pictures from it's going to be a really short film <laughs> have you seen any other shots no but you know what we'll still go watch yep. it
1: just for that one scene of them walking in a quarry. And the only reason that was filmed is because that was in the UK. (laughs) Um, Other little bit of news I've got is... um, So Disney execs are apparently pushing Bob Iger to consider buying EA. Okay. So they are actively pushing... And to consider a bolder transformation of Disney from gaming licensing to gaming giant.
0: Yeah, I mean it kind of makes sense. It's it's one of the last bastions of entertainment that Disney isn't like running a dominator on. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's where it, this is when um, obviously the Xbox Axi- Activision acquisition went through. This is where Disney just turned around and be like, yeah, it was all a ploy. We're now buying all of you. We're buying Xbox, we're buying PlayStation, Activision, everyone.
0: Disney will own the world. It would make sense because, you know, superhero games tend to be fairly fun. Star Wars games tend to be pretty fun. Like, they they have properties that I think trans, translate well into yeah. games. So it does it does make sense that they should be putting these things out on their own. Reportedly, the
1: as of now, though... Uh, Iger isn't obviously fully on board uh, with going in this direction, but if his uh, deputies manage to talk into it at some point, it might happen. Yeah, could be interesting. Uh, my last bit, I think you'll be quite excited for. So there was a panel at the New York Comic-Con over the weekend. Okay. Uh, Matthew Vaughan was on that panel. As you know, he okay. directed Kick-Ass and Kingston.
0: Oh, Yeah, I've seen something about more
1: Kick-Ass. Yeah, so
0: basically
1: they're they're working on Kick-Ass and I've got a few quotes from him. So Kick-Ass sort of changed people's perception of what a superhero film is at that time. So we're doing it again. So it's none of the characters from the other Kick-Ass. We'd like to bring them back after the reboot, but this reboot is just going to be off on a tangent that I really can't talk about, but it's fun. And my favorite quote from him on the kick-ass stuff was, so this is the quote from the panel. Oh, you've got a big reboot, a big reboot of kick-ass in two years. Big reboot. It's so fucking nuts that I can't talk about it, but we've got that ready to go. All the rights revert back in two years, and then we're going to reboot it where people will be like, he is insane. Cool.
0: That sounds interesting. I'm glad they're doing something different with it. It doesn't make me ex- as excited as it would have once done, because I love the 1st Kickass film. The second one, I don't think I've ever even rewatched. I mean, it's not terrible. It's still, it's still I mean, quite it's, funny. It's, it's, I'd say it's fairly mediocre. Yeah. The first one's brilliant. The first one's a great film, and that, see, that's something you were talking about, projections being wrong. That Like, they were predicting, like, avatar levels from the preview screenings and people's reactions to it. They were predicting, like, a huge record-breaking hit. And it did well, but nowhere near that well.
1: Um, He then went on to talk about the future of
0: Kingsman. And he said,
1: we've got to get on with Kingsman 3 because I was joking that, that Colin Firth is going to end up being a portrait on the side while Taron is Arthur. So we are working on that at the
0: moment. Yeah, I'd love to see more Kingsman as well. I do like those films. Again, Kingsman 2, nowhere near as good as the first one. But I did like the Kingsman. Yeah, so the next film that was previously teased to be
1: was Kingsman, The Blue Blood, which tells a story that explores Kingsman's group's connection to Adolf Hitler. And that's what was actually teased in the Kingsman post-credits. You didn't watch them, did you? Because you thought, "Ah, I'll not have one. I do think I did. It'll not have one. I don't think I did see the post-credits. Right
0: do yes. I have to? You make me do it all but... time. Okay. Okay, I'm watching it now. Uh, is that Baron Zemo? No, it's not. It's the guy that played him. I'm it? sure it is. Oh, it might be. That's such a Cheesy post credit scene.
1: <laughs> it's good though, anyway. It's like because it's Lenin, and he's like Adolphe Hitler.
0: Yeah. So so that's it is introducing Lenin to Hitler,
1: and how King, the King the Kingsman and, group had a connection to that. So that'd be cool to see. But I am, very, I would be really excited to see more Tara Egerton because I think he's a great actor to star. He is, yeah, fantastic yeah, actor I agree. and. I love the Kingsman Kingsman movies. I've watched the first one and the Golden Circle multiple times. I think the great movies.
0: Yeah, the first one's so great. I love the the kind of rags to riches story that they put in there as well. Uh, I I love the idea of this working class kid from a council estate going up against like all these like posh privately educated kids who think yeah who think that he's not going to be able to do shit, and he shows them that actually, you know, just because just because this is how I grew up and just because of my background does not mean that he's stupid. like he he proves himself to not only be a capable fighter but also intelligent as well,
1: yeah. and i I love that the story and the aspect of that. and then I love in the second one how he is. He's an agent um and kind of pretty well-formed as an agent um in that.
0: And obviously the country road scene in the second one is just made yeah. grown men cry. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a good scene with uh, Mark, what's his name? Merlin. Yeah, what's his name? Don't know, he's great accent. Mark
1: Strong. That's it. I recently watched Tinker Tailor Soldier's Fire last night and he looks really weird with his hair.
0: <laughs> I yeah, will... Tinker Tail is a good film. Tell is, I, I have no fucking night,
1: clue what happened.
0: No, it is... I,
1: I, was, I had no idea what was happening the whole way through that, and
0: I still don't know. It is a it is a pretty convoluted, uh, like, spy espionage... It, it's really good. Thriller. It is, it is. Oh, it it's just, like, uh, it's not what I was expecting. What I watched last night, the first time I've ever seen it was Troy. Really? Have you ever watched Troy? Yeah. Yeah. It's a crazy film. Because... I've recently been, uh, I've listened to the audiobook of Stephen Fry's like retelling of the Battle of Troy and the Iliad. Uh, so I wanted to watch it to see basically what they changed and what they kept. Um, and I think they hit all the major plot points. It, yeah. it was a, a fairly faithful retelling. Uh, there are a few things that they changed, but that's poetic license. The only thing that really annoyed me was the. Uh, they changed Achilles' boyfriend to be in his cousin. <laughs> so... <laughs> but other than that... That's just so they could play it in Saudi Arabia. It was the mid-2000s. It, it's not surprising that they changed it. It's so they
1: could play it in Saudi Arabia.
0: I think that if they made that film now, I don't think they would have changed it. No, they will not and it wouldn't get played in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Or China. Or Russia. Yeah. Basically,
1: anywhere that's not the UK, in, uh, the US and Europe. Um, but yeah, it make me
0: really excited for a new Kingsman film. Yeah, and I hope it happens. Yeah, um, I, I've I've learned with age <laughs> not to get too excited about films just because they're announced, because then like ten years later you're still waiting for them and they end up just kind of falling up. And then the films that that are in development hell like that for years and then finally come out never managed to live up to your expectations. Because she was so excited at one point and then it just faded. Yeah. Um, But no, I I would love to see Taron Egerton back as Eggsy. I'd, I'd see Taron Egerton as anything, any movie.
1: Because I think you do see a lot and it's an interesting part I was talking about with someone is that you start seeing a lot of this generation's actors and who's going to be big, big names. Do you know, like we've got older actors now coming along, like from
0: previous generations, like Morgan Freeman, Gary Oldman, yeah, John Hare, yeah. Um, Michael Caine has recently announced he's retiring from acting. Michael Caine, all which is very sad, but he is like ninety. Yeah, so all these big
1: names that have been big names for a long time, you see our generations' big names starting to show. Tom Holland, Zendaya, Taran Egerton. Do you know what I mean? That the younger actors coming up and already doing amazingly well, and clearly on a path to stay high up in Hollywood for a while.
0: Yeah, right. Shall we? uh, Shall we move on to talk about Loki? Oh, is that what we're here to talk about? We're here to talk about Loki. We're here to talk about the first two episodes of Loki. Um, What if I haven't watched them? Then I'll talk about them to you. Uh, no, so like before before we really start, what are your thoughts on Loki Series one? Fan fucking tastic. Where is it in your Marvel TV rankings? Is it up there?
1: Ah, uh, you've got a list. Did you not yeah, you, write, no, you you wrote it down and I can't remember. Did I put it at three? I can't remember. Because I said the Marvel uh, Miss Marvel were probably my favourite. Yeah, I know I know we have talked about it before. It's definitely, I think it's definitely my top four. I can't remember where I put it. I think I put it about three because I think I said Miss Marvel, WandaVision, Loki, and then She-Hulk, I think, somewhere along there. So, yeah, it's it's definitely up
0: there. Yeah, I think, so at the time, I remember enjoying it for the most part week by week. There are some things that annoyed me about it, and that's things like they never really explained where variants come from. Like, what is it that creates these points where time splits off? Obviously, with Loki, it's time travel, but that can't have happened for every, uh, like, diversion. So it's just, like, a point where all of a sudden a new new timeline is created. But then, why is there, like, why is there an alligator Loki? Because that implies a whole separate evolutionary chain. So why was that not, Called like a million years ago why why did alligator loki ever manage to exist there just there seems to be some some timelines where it took you know years and years and it can be decades and in that case millennia before it's been called. and in other timelines like the the divergence happens and the straight in there and it's called like what happened with with this version of Loki. So I never I never quite understood that and what a variant is. Um and I also I I, I know some people loved it and some people hated it, but I had big issues with the series finale. Because I, I like I know what they were trying to do, obviously they're trying to set up Kang as the next big bad and that might work in the overall tapestry of this interconnected story they're trying to tell, but it does not work. If you if you take that TV show on its own, it does not work as the finale of a TV show. And even though it needs to fit into the overall story, I feel like the TV show still needs to work in its own right. I
1: think it fits and it when... more
0: now. No, no, I, I disagree because, like I said, the... So, so the the question all through series one of Loki basically was who is running the TVA, and then when it gets to the final episode and the answer is this new character who you've never seen before, that feels like bad writing to me. And then when most of the episode is him just like info dumping onto Loki and Sylvie, it it just it, it never it never resonated with me, and that I think I. Was left with a bad taste in my mouth because of that final episode. But if I if I go back and you think about, it, there were a lot of earlier episodes that I did really like. I think
1: oh, that that Leicester episode, I think, did in a way resonate with me, mainly because of at that point in time, Jonathan Majors' performance. Yeah is all I'm going to talk about. That point, that performance, that singular performance, not him, not anything like that. His performance in that and his way of monologuing and the way he spoke and changed different aspects of the way he spoke throughout that monologue, I think was a fantastic monologue conversation. Yeah. I think there are a lot of issues in that last episode. I think seeing... Seeing Richard E. Grant um, in those final few episodes as that Loki was fantastic. The last episode was purely set inside that mansion house, wasn't it, I believe? Yeah, yeah. But the only thing I can remember from that episode really is that monologue, which not for bad reasons, but just I think it was a great
0: monologue. Yeah, like I said, to to me, it was just a a poor way of introducing the character. Um, I don't know if they couldn't have really seeded him earlier on because everyone already knew that Jonathan Majors was playing Kang. Maybe they could have had a different character turn out to have been Kang in disguise all along, and that would have been a better way to do it. They could have, you know, hinted towards that maybe. But yeah, just introducing a new character for the final episode and going, it was me all along, you're like, who the fuck are you, and why should I care? Yeah, for 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 this show, I I I know why I'm meant to care for the Marvel universe, but for this show a and for alone. that series of that show, why why am I meant to be interested that it was you all along? Um, and then oh, so so these first two episodes of season two, for me, is a tale of two halves. I I really, I really loved the first episode of this new season. And my plan was to start, if we were talking about just that episode, to start by saying, like, look, Marvel is back and we can all be excited about Marvel again and it is good again. And let's all rejoice and they can still make good TV. And then episode two fell a bit flat with me. There are, there are stuff, stuff I like about it. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into, into more detail. So, Talking about episode one specifically. They've done a big retcon on the ending of series one, haven't they? Like that that was not the plan that he was in the past. I don't know. Was it? Surely not. But it was it was definitely meant to be. It was hinted at Kanga's been killed, and that has ripple effects, and now the TVA is changed and he's basically on a new timeline. And I think they've had to change that because they wanted Loki and Mobius to be together again and and they couldn't go through all the getting to know each other a bit again because that would have been tedious. We've already seen that. So they came up with a way to make it so that they they can easily get back to the status quo, which by the end of episode one, they are. They're back on the status quo. Loki's no longer time slipping and... Uh, him and Mobius are working together again and and I'm not saying that's a bad thing.
1: I don't know.
0: I enjoyed how they did it.
1: I can't see how that wasn't the, the episode one wasn't the plan with how much of a work of art episode one was. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, Eps- I- episode one I can't think of anything bad to say
0: really. Um No, I think I think I like pretty much everything in there. I'm sure that there will be something. There mu- there'll, surely, there'll be that little I can little things
1: that are insignificant that we literally just don't care about because of the the rest of it. Like it yeah. is
0: just how a yeah. first episode should be. Yeah. So you know, some something that I am interested in is like. A us. the the TV, the TVA as mostly it, it it seems to be like a building, but then like when you see out the window and Loki ends up in like that taxi from uh, it is like a city Fifth Element. Uh, yeah, like what what is all that that's going on out there? Like is there just people out there living their lives? Well, I, on, I, like, I planet TVA. Like, I, I assume that they go to sleep. I don't know. It's just like that. I know the time works different than we've seen. Yeah. Time works different, yeah, apparently. But
1: maybe they go to sleep like once every 12 weeks.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's just like that there's, there's so much crazy well, adventure like, cityness happening out there. You don't see your wife for 12 weeks at a time. <laughs> uh, As the only one of us who's married, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good job she doesn't listen to the podcast, not to or yeah. I mean, That's it, I'm I'm doing some of that classic I hate my wife (laughs) humour.
1: It's not humour.
0: But those stand-ups you see from the 80s where they just come out and like, my wife's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Everyone hates their wives. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand that. No, I married my wife, but not because I hate her. So um, I'm going to start with... So something I really like about episode one is how painful the time-slipping looks. (laughs) Have you seen the clip of how that was filmed? I haven't, but I've heard about it. It's fucking brilliant. Is it just like Tom Hiddleston, like, gurning and (laughs) being in different positions, and then they just, like, merged it all into one? No. He
1: thrashes about like a lunatic.
0: Yeah, and then they like, then it just, like they blur
1: it at, like yeah as he does it. Yeah, if you've not seen the video of how that was filmed, you should go watch it because it is quite funny. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will look that up. It does look so painful, though. It literally looks like his cells are being ripped apart. Yeah, and it sounds painful as well because he's screaming. <laughs> and it, every time he time slips, he's just there. Like you can just see on his face, he's just like "fuck me,
0: <laughs> fuck my." And like it was just great seeing seeing those two back together again. I think I just really enjoy, I, I enjoy their relationship, and I I believe the the bromance there. One thing I really liked was the confusion of Mobius. Mobius. That's what I said. Not Mobius. He's not. He's not the living vampire. Mobius. Yes.
1: Is it not a Mobius loop or is it a Mo- uh...
0: no it's Mobius? Mobius loop. Okay.
1: Try that again. Mobius. Try that again. Um, yeah, one thing I love is the confusion on Mobius. Every time Loki time slits so like it's just there like, what the fuck is happening? But will someone just yeah. tell me what's going on? But I think should, should, the standout character does have to be horrible. Uh, Rob or Ross. Uh, Rob or Ross.
0: Yeah. Little Red Dwarf reference there for uh, anyone anyone, any, anyone with taste. Series uh, Series 7 episode of Red Dwarf? Well, not episode number. Oh, what would it have been? It would have been episode... I believe it's episode 3 of series 7. And that's how much of a nerd he is. No, because it starts with Tika to ride. Uh, then the second episode is Stoke Me a Clipper, where Rimmer leaves. So then uh, uh, Aeroborus is the episode that introduces Kachansky as his replacement. So I think that's episode 3. You just proved my point. Sorry.
1: <laughs> you just proving <laughs> my point.
0: So, yeah, uh, Oroboros or Obi is oh, the best. Like, I was happy any time he was on screen. And I hope he's in every episode. I really, like, he was the best part of it. I feel like there might be... There's, there's a revelation there to be had, I'm sure, about his character. That's Kang. So... <sighs> He might be Kang. Who he's knows? a variant. No, I don't think he is. I don't think he is because he's in the past. Let's not get the, the scroll talks. <laughs> he's a scroll. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, was, no one needs you to You know what I anymore. loved about
1: Ob was when Loki's time slipping and he's having the conversation with Mobius, and he's like, "No, I don't have anything." Like, weight. yeah, because Loki's just told him in in the past. He suddenly now knows, and I just
0: that concept is yeah. brilliant it's when when mobius uh, says to him like could it be that you're being told in the past so now you're just remembering it in the present and he goes oh that makes sense and i'm watching it like no it doesn't it <laughs> makes no sense but i love it anyway you can sell it uh, uh, key hawk yeah. is the actor Do you know what it? he's and... a fantastic actor we, I feel like we've been missing out on him for so many years because he was obviously short round from Indiana Jones yeah. and then just disappeared for years. And then he came back with everything, everywhere, all yeah. at once and won an Oscar. Like, just came back, on, burst onto the scene, like, yeah, I'll have an Oscar. All right, now put me opposite Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson and watch me steal the fucking scene from them, taking No Prisoners. And it it is it's a perfect role for him as well. Just that like excitable, wide eyed, like where was he in like series one? Why I would say this is jumping ahead a bit, but in series two, I can't remember what happens, but there's there's some big catastrophe, and someone goes, "Uh, I'll I'll go and get OB." And it's like any time anything goes wrong now, we're going to OB. Like. He could have solved so many issues for them in series one. Do you wanna know something
1: interesting about Kihu Kwon? No. He did stunts in X Men. Oh, okay. Do you know what character for? Uh just uncredited stunts uncredited, which normally oh, okay. means they just did a
0: Yeah, just generic a
1: wide array yeah. of
0: stunts. That is interesting. You were right. Thank you. Uh, but back to, to, the, to the actual plot of this episode. So the the implication here is that Kang used to be open about running the TVA, and then at some point hid behind the idea of the Timekeepers and and wiped everyone's memories,
1: apart oh, from Renfield, I assume.
0: But so I've got two questions. One is why, because I never understood why. The Timekeeper's charade was important. What does it matter if people think that these three uh, aliens are running the TVA or if people know that Kang's running the TVA? Do we think... What does it matter? It was
1: because of the whole... Do you know he said it was the whole... um, He kind of had a war with his own variants, essentially. so do you think he was... Hiding. Do you think it was his way of hiding? Yeah, that's what I think.
0: Possibly. The other question is, so that mural that uh, Loki sees and then reveals in the future... Great effect. Has, ...has five faces of Kang on it? Is that five of the same Kang, or does that imply that this was being run by the Council of Kangs? That's what I assumed, the Council of Kangs. And, and that. not just one Kang. So and maybe... that's
1: how the war broke out. He had that conversation with Renfield saying, like, I want you to help me, Renslayer. Renslayer, I keep saying Renfield. Yeah, Nicholas Holt. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Renslayer. I reckon he had that conversation. Like, I need to, we need to get rid of him, but you're going to help me. And
0: yeah, I'm going to so, go So hide. maybe the council were running it. He overthrew them, and then hid behind the time because he did seem reason.
1: like a more moral. Version of Kang, I would say?
0: I mean, I don't know. The TVA itself is pretty messed up, as you know, a lot of the timekeepers are now realizing. Like when they were wiping timelines, each, every timeline is, it might only be like billions one of people, small divergent that's happened, but it's an entire universe every time. They are killing an entire universe every time. Like that is way beyond even. Thanos' levels of genocide, like it is billions of billions, it is trillions that the TVA has wiped out over its history.
1: But I mean, like, in I mean, in
0: retrospect to the other Kangs, he seems a more friendlier Kang. Yeah, but it, was he doing it for selfish reasons? Was he doing it to protect himself from other versions of himself? I assume that's what we're going to find out. I assume.
1: At some point in this, we are gonna get a version of Kang, unless they yeah. have to take that out due to yeah. other reasons.
0: No, so there was a post credit scene, I think, in series one, which was them in the past on Earth, uh watching Victor Timely, who is a a variant of Kang. So they are they're definitely getting to Victor Timely. And Jonathan Majors has already filmed Series 2 of Loki, um, which, you know, we've spoke about Jonathan Majors at length before, so I don't want to get into it in detail here. But, like, I do have reservations about this show for the same reasons that I did watching The Flash. The main difference for me here is that since the allegations came out about Jonathan Majors, they haven't filmed anything new with him. But they are still showing things that they'd already filmed. I thought um, thought you were going to
1: say the bit unproven allegations at this point. They are allegations, whereas the other person, well, they yeah, straight up proven. The allegations got the allegations got launched against that person, and they went and did more stuff. Yeah,
0: that 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 was
1: my issue. Like
0: more than anything, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I don't want to get into that in detail here, but I think it is worth pointing out that, uh, yeah, I I do feel like there's differences between this and the Ezra Miller uh, case, (laughs) the Ezra Miller situation. But uh, yeah, So, so Kang is going to be in this season. We know that. It'd be a shame if they
1: do have to change who Kang is because I think Jonathan Majors is a fucking fantastic actor. I don't think anyone's questioning his acting
0: ability. No, no, I know, but it would be a shame because I feel like he fits Kang so well. It would be a shame if the allegations are true, but if the allegations are true, then dropping him would be the right thing to do. Yeah. So my other question is, when Loki time slips back 400 years and talks to Ob, why can he remember that in the future? Because everyone else has had their memories wiped in that time. Why hasn't he? Because he, like that...
1: he's been down there on his own. He said no one has visited him.
0: Yeah. Ever so that, what? So has he just been overlooked? When he's been wiping memories? Or is there is there another reason?
1: Were the memories wiped that... before Loki got there? Because if you remember...
0: The, their memories have been wiped between between those two time periods. Are you sure Three time slips back. Yeah, because no one remembers him. No one remembers that he was there four hundred years ago, apart from Ob. Yeah, no. But what I'm saying is, Ob said
1: Mo- Mobius was the last person to visit him. Yeah, and then it was Loki was the last person. Right. So, was it before that, and they were in the process of like covering everything up? But I guess they'd remember stuff being covered up, wouldn't they? Because big statue and that.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like everyone's had their memories wiped between those time periods, apart from him, and possibly Renslayer. We don't know. I reckon maybe overlooked, or maybe he couldn't have his memory wiped
1: because of the things
0: that he does. Do you know with... I think I don't know. Maybe I feel like there could be a more sinister reason. Maybe he's working more closely with Kang than we realize. Well, he
1: does he, it seems like he doesn't
0: know about Kang? I don't know. Do they ever speak to him about Kang? They speak about him, I believe. I don't know, but no, I did. I love that scene where they first go and talk to him. I like he his line delivery. Is so good when he's talking about Mobius having his skin ripped off, like that recurring gag where he keeps saying, "And you'll have your all your skin ripped off." But like, just yeah, the delivery just, of that it's was just so. so, so... It got a laugh out of me every time. What's the word? It's so casual the way he says yeah. it. Yeah, just like yeah, and you'll have all your skin ripped off. I am glad they seem to be making B eleven a a bigger character because she. She was really good in Series 1. So she seems to be uh, a much more integral part of the cast this time. B-15. Was it B-15? Yeah. BB-8. Star Wars. Yeah, well done. <laughs> I thought the, the, the visual gag of Owen Wilson in that great big suit, uh, that space suit, and OB just like patching it over with a bit of gaffer tape, <laughs> so it's fine. I thought that, and just seeing it, seeing him like lumbering around like the Michelin man, was was really funny to me. Oh, okay. I've I've got a question for you. So Loki, time slips into the future. Yeah, and the TVA is destroyed. Who's it's the in woman ruins. in the elevator? Well, that was Sylvie. Yeah, and then she says to him like, "Oh, there you are." And then he gets pruned from behind. Who do you think did the pruning? Because I've got an idea who I think it is Renslayer. Is that who you think it is? No, so I think it's a future version of Loki. So I think we're going to see this Loki in the future, in the TVA, having to prune himself because... The pruners still go to that won't... location where the house is. Because that's how he got there, what? isn't it? That's how they got... Yeah, well... They pruned themselves. But... That's one of the things that didn't quite make sense to me, is that, so the idea was that Loki had to be pruned at just the right moment so that he was removed from the time stream, and then this device would pull him back out of the time stream and then he'd stop time slipping. But we've already found out from series one that pruning you doesn't remove you from a time stream, it just sends you to the end of time. The edge. And- Which isn't the... No, but it's the edge, because
1: if you remember, when they're looking through the window of the house, they can see the times. Yeah. So
0: I reckon that place is on the other side. So so it's like transported him through it, and then he gets pulled back out of it. Yeah. Because I think
1: if you look at
0: the... In Season
1: 1, the angle that you're looking at the timeline... It's flipped from the TBA. Is it? I believe so. So,
0: okay. Because you've got got all
1: the branches on the right-hand side. Do you know all the branches? They're on the right. Whereas in the TBA, they're on the left. Going into that thing and then into the solid, stranded timeline. Because it's intertwining them all, isn't it, essentially?
0: Yeah. Okay, another question. It's like fucking mastermind. The, what is it? The time bloom? Yeah. Uh, is, is breaking down because too many time streams are being forced into it. And if it breaks, it's going to destroy the TVA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what happens if it breaks? Wh- why, why are we meant to care? The TVA doesn't need to exist anymore. If, if, the idea is that the TVA was was doing the wrong thing all along and most people that are left in the TVA agree with that, then who cares if it like they should all just leave and let the TVA be destroyed and let time and reality take its normal course and let these extra branches... Because they're not pruning anymore, so what is the TVA there for now? Why do they need to protect it? Well, if the loom breaks, because yeah. so let's assume that loom's kind of been there since the start of time. No, I don't think it. Ha- that that loom has been created by the TVA. Surely that, yeah, it, but that's not the TVA a naturally occurring thing. I'd, I, well, if it exists outside of time, then I guess forever. But that's not the point. Surely, the point if is that the explains, TVA was there. Does it get, just to... unleash mash,
1: mash. Just unleash potatoes everywhere. Um, does it unleash some mass destruction? To like, will it cause irreparable damage to any timeline? I don't know. Because if that if thing that's... explodes, that thing is wrapped around the timeline. Then
0: that, but that's that's not stated, is it? What? No, what but you can doing... see
1: that it is wrapped
0: around the timeline.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if that that's explodes. Not why...
0: That's not where, why they're trying to repair it, but they're trying to repair it because yeah, well, They because they said that it would destroy the TVA. But I think at this point, that, like like the, the TVA needs in the show, the TVA needs a new purpose now to justify its existence. Otherwise, it well, that's it what's going to happen in the there. future. And um, your question was who? Oh, you think it's a future version of Loki? But... I think, uh yeah. I think a future version of Loki is going to prune Loki. Because I think Sylvie wasn't saying, there you are, to this Loki. I think she was saying, there you are, to the Loki stood behind him, stabbing him with a pruning stick. Stabbing him with a prune.
1: I think it's
0: Mobius. Okay.
1: Because I think... They need to send him back to that place for whatever reason. Well, what, back to the end of time. Yeah. Maybe that's where Miss but that's that's, not... Maybe that's where Miss Minutes is. Cause if they tra- they need Miss Minutes, remember. And she's helping Rens- Renslayer. Yeah. But also in season one, he does say just before Sylvie kills him, he says, see you soon. But obviously, we're at the start of the series. There's so much that could happen. Obviously, Victor Timely. I'm guessing yeah. he's going that scene is going to be in this season.
0: Yeah, and like I think that is going to be the version of Kang of the, this season. I don't think we're going to get lots and lots of versions. No, I do. I think there's going to be a few, uh, two or three. Well, we'll see. Time will tell. Okay. We can talk about how great Episode 1 is for a while. Episode 2. Episode 2, yeah, I I felt differently
1: about Episode 2. One thing I want to say about Episode 2 is it is so refreshing to see Loki using his powers for once. Yes, yes, definitely. Like, you're a god of mischief that has these powers. You can fire green shit at people you can duplicate yourself, you can if make you... illusions, and all of this, why would you not use it? Yeah. So it
0: was really refreshing to actually see him being Loki. And it's not something you would forget about. It's not like he suddenly gained these powers and like, oh, yeah, I forgot I could do that. Like, this is something that he... Has been doing since he was a always child. always been able to do, or as long as he's been alive, which I'm assuming is like a thousand years or something, uh, you know, he is the Loki of Norse mythology. Um, yeah. So,
1: I, so I, I
0: found it really refreshing to see, actually seeing him use it. But to me, I spent most of episode two really confused about, like, who the fuck is this Brad guy? Is he someone that we're meant to know? Brad. Is he someone that has ever been in this show before? Am I meant to care about him? I, he, he's, he was just introduced in this episode, wasn't he? No. He's a new character. No. Yeah. No, he's not. When, when was he in it before? This is in episode one.
1: When? He was with the ugly woman. That's clearly psychotic. When he eradicates the wall, in when they're yeah. talking, you've got the small woman. Yeah, and then you've got the other woman, but it's just the bitch. And she, got, she's like, we have to eradicate Sylvie. Yeah, he was,
0: and so he so was, so he he's part of her troop, I believe. Yeah, okay. He wasn't he wasn't in series one, was it? I like, he? I think hasn't... he was, but not the I, I think know. The he way was just acted, with her in season one. The way they acted was like he was a big part of this show, and like it was I don't know, it was played like it was a big deal than finding him pretending to be an actor uh, on earth and I was just I, I I don't know who this guy is. They I think they
1: gave they gave quite a bit of him in episode one. When he was looking at the ski magazine
0: and that was that him mm-hmm. that was looking at the jet ski magazine yeah and it was clear okay. from that
1: point that he was thinking about cuz they've just said everyone had a life on the timeline he's clearly thinking well
0: I, let, let me let me just read this to you um i've just googled it so this is from uh, this is from com. i don't know why but they've got an, an entertainment section on their website where they're writing about loki while watching loki it's a good time to feel your balls <laughs> Right, uh, let me read you this. Then, while much of Loki series two premiere puts the spotlight, on... oh, okay, so the series two premiere. While much of Loki series two premiere put the spotlight on ki Kwan's new TVA tech expert, Arboreus, we also briefly met a much more brutal and well, less intelligent, intelligent character of Hunter X Five. So there we go. He was he was in episode one of this series. So you're right. I bet that. Yeah. That's what but, I just but said. But he wasn't he wasn't in the previous series. So it did just leave me confused. Like, I don't know, I don't really know who this guy is or why I'm meant to care about him. Had you kind of missed had you kind of missed him a bit in episode well, one? like I don't know. It it didn't seem like an important part of the show. I hadn't seen enough of him for him to be like instantly recognizable outside of his TVA uniform. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I didn't know who he was, but he's one but, of the ones that went oh, with that woman. Yeah, I, I was Sylvie able to that. kind of imply that from context that he he'd gone with them to find Sylvie and then just like abandoned. It does show that he going with her. yeah. I guess I don't know. Maybe it just not, it could have done a better job of uh, of, yeah. of making him memorable. Yeah, but but no, episode no, one. Yeah. To be fair, was doing a lot of heavy lifting, uh, getting them back to the status quo, like I said earlier.
1: My question why the fuck has Sylvie chose to work at McDonald's?
0: Well, you see that did you see the there was a post credit scene in episode one? Yeah, where she wants yeah. she yeah, wants so She, to she goes everything. to McDonald's in the eighties and kind of looks around and just, yeah, Park, and just sees it as a simple, happy, peaceful place to settle down i guess because up until then she has only ever lived in disasters on the run because she used to hide out yeah. in disaster zones at like planetary destructions and things so i think she gets there looks around and like this is nice this is this is normality this is what i want my life to be um and so she decides she wants to try everything so i guess she has a big mac and a, a McFlurry. We didn't have McFlurries in eighties. The um, and uh, then goes, yeah, I'll I'll work here. Do you think she's still in love with Loki, or do you think
1: him? He didn't really do anything wrong to her. He was just trying to get him to see
0: his point of view on the whole not killing. I think. Tang. I think her issue is that he tried to stand in the way of what has been her life's ambition.
1: Yeah. Because she's, she's clearly angry because he says, I'm sure you're the last person I want to see. And yes. she's like, correct. <laughs> very, very coldly, just like, yeah. yeah. But do you think she's still... Because at the end of season one, they were clearly in love with each other. Yeah, and so I I, I think... And even more Mobius
0: says it's it's uh com- it's complicated when you're an, essentially in a relationship with yeah. yourself uh, yeah i think I think that doesn't just go away, so yeah, I think she probably is, but she can still be furious with him it's... at the same time, yeah,
1: and i'm, I'm sure uh, wait, in now most relationships work anyway
0: <laughs> but I'm sure that will develop over the course of this season.
1: I do hope so, because I think that was kind of one of the... And I think when we did a review of season one, we, we both pointed out how well that was done and how nice that was. It does
0: just seem like... The, their relationship. It seems like the most Loki thing possible, to fall yeah. in love with a version of himself. But I think it, it
1: develops. it was one of the things that develops them both massively in season one. Yeah. Is their relationship? So it would be nice that that's not just kind of
0: forgotten about in a way. Yeah. So I'll tell I'll tell you why I didn't resonate with this episode quite as much, and I think it's it's because it never felt. I don't know. It felt a bit disjointed. It never felt. Clear exactly what they were trying to achieve or why. Um, so, they, 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 so they're trying to find Sylvie. They're trying to find Sylvie to find out what happens to the TVA in the future, but she doesn't know because that's not happened yet. And again, like I said, why should I care if the TVA is destroyed in the future? Because it probably should be destroyed anyway. I think the TVA needs to needs to pivot into being an anti-Kang organisation. So they're going to allow in, timelines... Isn't that, essentially, what they're doing, though. They're trying to save the timelines now. Yeah, but they're trying to save the timelines from other TVA agents. If they let the TVA be destroyed, then there's only so many more timelines that... If the TVA gets destroyed, there's going
1: to be less ways of monitoring... Who's actually culling the timelines? Because let's be honest, you destroy the TVA, the agents that still believe that's
0: what should be done aren't going to stop. But how are they going to do it? Because the TVA is where all the equipment is. Surely,
1: the, clearly, just well, they've just emptied out the armory in this one.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So presumably, they you know ha- I mean? yeah presumably they haven't run out of equipment from. It would be more of a hindrance to destroy the TVA. Maybe. Maybe you're right. Um, Okay, playing devil's advocate with myself. I guess if they destroy the TVA, and that would allow timelines to propagate again, and all the Kangs would exist again, and a multiversal war would happen again, and then the TVA would be created again. So it would probably just, if they destroy the TVA, it would end up recreating itself, because time would be left to its own devices, like it was originally before the TVA existed, I guess.
1: Yeah, the only thing we need to do is just call the cans. Maybe
0: that's what they're going to do. Maybe. Do you think we ever see the TVA in a movie? Would you want to see the TVA in a movie?
1: In what way, though? Like, like
0: I don't. Do do, do you want? Do you want Mobius and Miss Minutes to have a cameo in Secret Wars?
1: Miss Minutes, yes.
0: (laughs) Miss Minutes is the greatest character. Then you can't fuck a cartoon clock.
1: (laughs) I'm not trying to fuck a cartoon clock. Just the accents. Just does it for me, you know. I think if we saw the TVA briefly in a movie, it would be okay. But I don't think it could work as a prolonged... Thing. Do you know what I mean? For there for quite a while in a movie, I just don't think it would work. What what I really want, and they do, I feel like they're kind of hinting at it that Loki can
0: go back. I, I think it's inevitable, honestly. I think I think there is no way that he doesn't meet back up with Thor and say, "Listen, I'm not." and not the
1: Loki you knew, but I know everything. Yeah, but I I watched a video. (laughs) I know what happened to him. I know what he did. In a way, I think this Loki would do better because I think his time with Mobius at the TVA, with Sylvie, has changed him into a way of being a better Loki Uh, But for... And not just power hungry, crazy. And I I think, especially when he got showed that video, that
0: must change you. But how and make you think so? How long has it been for this Loki? Because I'm sure, I'm sure like the head writer from series one said that it takes place over the course of like a week or something, which means yeah, but time moves differently. But that means in the TVA, if it has been a week. That means that only a week ago, this Loki was the Loki of Avengers, that was invading New York and trying to take over the Earth. That is a big character shift, which I think is why they've had to say time moves differently. It might be a week
1: in, at the TVA, but that's twenty years. Yeah, who knows? But do you know? Do you know what I mean? I, I am. No, wait. So what's the t- what is the time gap between? Avengers and
0: Endgame. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's about ten years, maybe. About ten. Yeah. So maybe a week. Although about ten years. Although may- maybe in the universe it's more like fifteen because there's that five year time jump? Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of Endgame, but I am glad that they they talked about Loki being a villain in this episode. Because for me, that is Loki at his best. is is a, as a villain. I, that's how I've enjoyed him most, and I like the character, but I don't want to see him become a hero. I'll settle anti-hero is fine, but I don't want him to be an out-and-out hero. I don't think that's the best fit for his character. But I think when I think about Loki,
1: in some of the Some of of the moments that I think about Loki and think that was was Loki, that was perfect, are some of the times when he's been very selfless and
0: being quite heroic. I can only really think of one time he was selfless and heroic in the movies, and that was when he died. Any other time, uh, even if he wasn't being like fully villainous, dark, dark well, he was acting in his own interest.
1: Yeah, there's, there's sometimes he was selfless, but in her, I, I think most of the time it was directed to four because he, 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 he loves four as his brother. He can't turn that off, and everything to do with his mother. I love how they brought up his mother in episode two. Yeah. Because that is a big part of who he is. And there's a lot of hurt in him. And I think they say that in the movies, like you have the opportunity, like to make your own fate sort of thing. But like in Dark World, when he stabs I quotes there people that can't see me. Thor with a it's one of his daggers, but it's not really a dagger, isn't it? Yeah. To, to obviously help him, is
0: in Ragnarok when he comes to save help save everyone. But is he not just doing that so that he can escape? Well, and also, he's in, always... in Dark World, um, he uses that opportunity to fake his own death and then take over Asgard.
1: Yeah, which is why I'm saying... What I'm kind of saying is he's always been an anti-hero for the most part. Obviously, there are big times like the Avengers movie, he's just an outright villain. Yeah. But I think for the most part, when we've seen Loki, he has been very much an anti-hero yeah, in I, ways. But it,
0: it was a gradual shift from Thor 1 to Endgame of him... Gradually reaching that point where he would sacrifice himself like that. And this hasn't been. This has been Avengers Attacking New York, TVA a couple of episodes in is on the side of good.
1: Yeah, which is why I'm saying they should they must be it must be longer than a week for him.
0: But I, I think they are I think they are playing with that in this season. So like I said, uh X X5 Brad has that big speech to him about how he's a villain. And then he does basically like, you know, he might not cause any lasting physical injury, but he does basically torture Brad after that. Which Mobius agreed with. Maybe, yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying like that. Well, it was kind of Mobius's
1: idea, but if you notice when Brad was coaxing Loki, Loki had every opportunity to just flip that switch. Oh, Yeah. And he chose not to.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think Mo- it was Mobius's idea, but I don't think he would have done it. He still got Loki to do it. And it because did. Like just, that, yeah. that scene kind of made me feel uncomfortable because it looked distressing. It looked genuinely like horrific to be squeezed into a box like that and you could be crushed to death at any second. After, after just seeing it happen to a chair. Yeah, like I don't know if that's just me, but that that really made me like squirm. Like, oh my god, that looks horrible.
1: I I have much. The second episode isn't as good as the first, but I still don't have a lot of bad things to say about it.
0: No, I I think when when you look at bits individually, th- th- there's there there is a lot there to like, but it was just. When watching the episode, it just felt a bit disjointed. It felt, in episode one, I knew what was going on and I knew what they were trying to achieve. Whether it made much sense or not, I still knew what, what they were trying to achieve. And in episode two, I didn't really until, until Loki got to Sylvie and basically told her, like, we've been looking for you because I saw you in the future and the TVA was destroyed and I need to know why, so what do you know? And I'm like, oh, that is that why they've been trying to find Sylvie then? Okay. It's not the whole reason, though, is it? He well, wants yeah.
1: to find her as well. Well, I think I think it's inevitable to have the odd, slightly disjointed episode. No matter what series you're watching, you know what? There's I... always gonna be those that are slightly disjointed because they need things setting up, they need things put in, in there to progress and they need things in there that make no sense to then later
0: reveal things about, do you know what I mean? I know, but if, uh, if our job as podcasters is reviewing this episode, we can't just go, well it wasn't as good, but oh well, that's going to happen Um, but also, I agree <laughs> with you in certain, like in a longer show, in something like... Uh, off the top of my head because I've been watching it, in something like Stargate, you have, like, a bad episode and it's like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter because there's 20 episodes this series. In a show like this, that is meant to be like prestige TV and you're only getting six episodes in a season, I don't think it is as forgivable to have a bad episode because that's a sixth of the show. I don't know if this is six episodes, this uh, this show, by the way, but I think generally that's been the length of the Marvel shows and that was the length of series one. But I will say this, better than Secret Invasion.
1: It's not really hard though, is it? <laughs> the best thing about Secret Invasion was our, t- our podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah. And thank you to all our listener. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Ben. um but if if you do think back to the beginning of secret invasion we were fairly cautiously optimistic about it like episode one i think we both kind of enjoyed and wanted to see where it went and it only went like downhill from there i think episode three for me but it wasn't perfect i think episode three for me was where i really started to feel like oh this this is just not getting better and actually getting worse. Um, so I've got a question. Yeah. At the end of this episode, Sylvie yes. holds
1: something glowy. Yeah. Yeah, I did notice that. I know what it is, but I don't know what it does.
0: I recognised it from earlier in the episode, it's... I'm sure, but I don't no, really it's know the medallion why. No, it's the medallion from around He Who Remains Net. Oh, okay. So maybe... Maybe I recognized it from the like previously on. Why is it glowing? What does it do? Oh yeah, so I, I knew I recognized it in the previously on. It makes a point of showing that in her hand, and then obviously you see it again at the very end. Um, but yeah, who knows? Is the answer to that in that in that last episode of series one of why it's glowing? of what it does, what it is. I can't remember. Like, it's it's been too long since that. I don't really remember if that was a thing. But I wonder if it was mentioned. I'm just trying to think. Didn't he have a thing on his wrist that was kind of like a tempad or... I don't know. Shall we have a quick Google? Live Googling? This is what you listen to a podcast for. Uh... What is Sylvie holding? Loki episode two director explains what Sylvie is holding. So he said she's still a Loki. If she's got the keys to the universe or the keys to the multiverse, she's not going to give that up. I think she was truly happy on the timeline. I don't know how much manipulation has been going on behind the scenes. I think she always suspected this might come back. And I think that ties in with a lot of the reaction to Loki and the McDonald's as well. She knew she was on borrowed time, I think, and kept it because she knew eventually Loki would show, or some other Loki would show up, some other variant of He Who Remains or something like that that she'll ultimately have to deal with. It's meant to be a futuristic version of TVA tech. So that's what I said, he had a thing like a tempad. When He Who Remains tells his story about his other variants meeting, you see bits of TVA technology. So our idea was that it does both things. With the TVA technology, you see that the time twister hooks into the tempad, pad, but it's these two separate clunky things, whereas he who remains has more advanced technology, so it has both functions, basically, which we see him use. The difference is that he's in control of the twist, whereas when... So is that
1: how she's opening the doors?
0: Whereas when we see the TVA use a time twister, it's with a time collar... As they're controlling a prisoner. So there you go. It's futuristic advanced TVA technology. so it is like a like a super advanced tempad.
1: Do you know you were talking about if the TVA got destroyed, then it just the whole loop thing yeah. and it would be. So every character, pretty much every main character, well, three main characters in the show. Their name is another word for loop. Yeah, Mobius, Arubarus, me- and Loki. Okay, it comes from the Norwegian name for loop. Okay, or the Norwegian word for loop. And a lot of things that the He Who Remains was saying was, "You kill me, they all come. They start another multiversal war." Yeah, and the ho- so the whole everything is pointing. And they've explained that the, the timeline is a loop anyway. Yeah. They've said that multiple times. So everything is kind of pointing to that's how it's just going to go in a loop again. So what if that's how Kang the Conqueror from Quantum Mania comes back, becomes he who remained, Because the statue from Loki dropping into the TVA in the past, the outfit is Kang the Conqueror's outfit. Yeah. So is everything just pointing? For me, that shows everything. Like, Ouro- Ouroboros is a never-ending loop. A Möbius strip is a never-ending loop. Loki's name is the Norwegian word for loop.
0: Yeah, and I kind of assumed. The timeline. I kind of assumed that there would be more to Ouroboros' name because it it is such a a distinctive, like it's it is a clear towards a time loop. It's for snake eat- eating its own tail is a robber. But I didn't know if that was just that character. Yeah. And the Mobius strip is how Tony
1: Stark created time to travel. But I think it's, I think Loki's time slipping has got something more. I think that was way too brushed off.
0: I don't know. I... not
1: Not brushed off in a bad way, but I think that was meant to just
0: like, oh, that's done with now. He's stopped. I think that was just a way to resolve the corner that they'd painted themselves into at the end of season one. Maybe. But we shall find out. Um, I mean, on the whole, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about this show. I, like I said, I didn't enjoy. Like with any show. I didn't enjoy episode two as much, but I've got enough. But you did enjoy I've it. I've got in. I I mean, I enjoy. I enjoyed any time that OB was on screen. I enjoy any time that uh, Loki and Mobius are talking to each other because they've just got great chemistry. So as as long as it's got those things, I'm still going to have a good time with it. Yeah, uh, and I, I enjoyed episode one so much. i would got so much goodwill from that that I'm a bit more willing to forgive episode two um, I just hope, I hope the quality doesn't stay at episode two level because then I will be disappointed in the show. But if it's somewhere between the two, then I'll be happy.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: I, I am, I am again, as you
1: said, cautiously optimistic. I think, especially after episode one and how that's that was, that's kind of set the tone. Yeah. So as you said, if they keep it somewhere along there, it's gonna be
0: one of the better Marvel shows fingers crossed okay well I think that about wraps it up for this episode we'll be back next week to talk about episode three thank you very much for listening uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us and give us your thoughts on these first two episodes of Loki, you can email us on notnpod at gmail.com or you can message us on twitter at news of the nerd If you'd like to help support the podcast, uh, the most useful things that you can do is subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. Give us a rating, uh, especially on iTunes, because iTunes ratings really help you uh, climb those ranking leaderboards. And tell your friends, tell your family, tell anyone who you think would be interested. Tell anyone who you know who's watching Loki Series 2. And has a bit of time on the ranch to listen to two northerners talk about what they think about it wait a minute why is anyone going to listen to this <laughs> Just now rethinking <laughs> our whole lives maybe we should change accents no I, I don't think that's the issue all right so that is it from me see you soon bye